1: The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network.
0: Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. Super Bowl recap, new hirings, quarterbacks switching places, and we'll even talk about a little bit of darkness as well. College basketball's new number one. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up
1: Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? about cooking something up in
0: me. Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Stove podcast presented by righteous felon jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com, use the code Belly Up. going to get 25% off your purchase. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you
1: doing? Doing good, doing good. Had a spring-like day here in Ohio today, so haven't had a lot of those, and I'm sure we'll have some more winter, but uh, everybody was enjoying it today.
0: Yeah, you're not you are not over there by the train stuff going on, um, so your, your water's safe to drink, I, I suppose, Correct. <laughs> you don't even know what's going on. The world's coming to an end in Ohio, and you don't even know about it. That's kind of scary. No, that's uh, it. Okay, well, we'll we'll talk about that later, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anyways, Super Bowl happened, so we're going to talk about that. We got some plenty of football news to talk about, as well as some basketball stuff as well. But I want to tell you folks about Righteous Felon Jerky. I've got right here. Now, I've not even opened this one yet. Uh, this is Habanero Escobar. Uh, right here, flavor, righteous felon jerky. Uh, I'm going to eat this tomorrow, take it with me to work tomorrow and eat this tomorrow. Um, but I had the baby blues flavor earlier this week. Really, really good. And, uh, so make sure you go check out righteous felon jerky, righteousfelon.com Again, you can use the code belly up. You're going to get 25% off your purchase, uh, there as well. And, uh, I don't, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, They got, I love the texture of the jerky Uh, and then finding the flavors, right? You got to find the flavor that fits you. I tell you, baby blues was really good. And then I'm looking forward to habanero Escobar as well. I'll try that out tomorrow. Uh, uh, Also, thank you for tuning into today's episode, though. Those joining us live on YouTube and Facebook, as well as those listening to the podcast version later on as well. We welcome you all in. Uh, dad, I am doing some media work tomorrow. Um, I got an email today or yesterday. I forget who it was, uh, and was asked to attend a, uh, press conference at EKU tomorrow. Uh, so I don't know what it is. I don't know what the announcement is or anything like that, but looking forward to going to that and, and, uh, and, and playing journalist for a day, I guess, uh, sure. there as well. And, uh, baseball season's getting ready to start pitchers and catchers are starting to show up. World Baseball Classic is coming up as well. So a lot of stuff happening in the sports world. And it seems like when the Super Bowl ends, n- you know, nothing's really slows down at all. Uh, you, you immediately shift into the draft, to free agency, to college basketball, to NBA, to NHL, and Major League Baseball. All of my attention has basically been turned to baseball at this point. But um, we'll save that for another day. We're going to start our baseball breakdown, by the way, Dad, uh, here really soon where we break down the teams and look at the uh, fantasy players and things like that as well with the teams. That's always a fun time to look at. But let's get into football first. Super Bowl, uh, really close game all the way through. Controversial call at the end of the game. Uh, But at the end of the day, the Chiefs win Philadelphia second place, which we all know is the first place loser. And, uh, And it goes on from there. So uh, your thoughts on the Super Bowl in general?
1: Well, it was, uh, like I said, a, a, a good Super Bowl as far as being close. I uh, had two good teams in it. Again, I wasn't, you know, against either one of the teams. Um, but, it, you know, I, it was really good. Um, I think the Eagles showed they had a good year. I think Jalen Hurts, you know, showed well. Again, Mahomes. You know, um, he's got a chance to go down as one, you know, maybe the top quarterback down the line. I mean, you know, people are going to say, well, you know, I don't know if he will ever win as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady um, from there. But, I, you know, I don't know that he has to. Um, He is really playing well. And, um, you know, there's a lot of similarities. I was thinking about that. Uh, today one Mahomes like Brady has done it with a different cast Brady had different people uh, different receivers different people at New England Kansas City of course this year you know changed a lot of receivers a lot of running back Um, you know you can say well Mahomes has Kelsey but Brady had Gronkowski and you look at that there's some you know I think, I think Mahomes may go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks we'll see. I think he has potential to do that. And uh, one thing interesting with him is he he's probably, um, I don't know if he's uh, well-liked to be the right word, but like Tom Brady, a lot of people you have to say, he you know, he was the greatest quarterback ever because of all the Super Bowls he won. But a lot of people, you know, Still don't really like that, but, you know, you kind of have to say that. Mahomes wouldn't be that way at this point. Very popular, um, very well-liked. It'd be easy to say, oh, I really like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah, he's the greatest ever. Um, it's going to be a little different from there, and we'll see how the next couple years go. The NFL really has had great parity, and even though Kansas City, I think, is poised, um, and a lot of ways to continue on, um, I don't think there's any guarantee. You know, there's some really good teams. He's got some really good quarterbacks in the AFC. You know, right. you look at Josh Allen, you look at um, you Burrow. Know, Cincinnati Borough. Um, there's there some good teams out there. So the NFL's really got things going, I think, with parity. Uh, but this was a great Super Bowl for him. Maybe not a great Super Bowl for the commissioner, with the idea that great, you know, um was the best it's ever been. Uh, people wondered about that, and the Super Bowl brought that up again. Uh, but I'm sure that's something that'll be maybe discussed and worked on down the line.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talk about Mahomes being likable versus Tom Brady. Of course, Mahomes' team hasn't been caught videotaping the other team's practice, nor have they been caught cheating by trying to deflate footballs or in any other way. As far as we know of at this point, as well. So, as long as he stays out of the cheating aspect of it, he can he could go down as one of the more likable um, and one of the best all time to do it as well. Um, let's talk about the officiating a little bit. So, uh, you were in bed by the time this happened, uh, as you had to work on Monday. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure you've seen you've seen the highlights, right, of the hold there at the end. Yes. So I watched it live and. <laughs> And I just thought, that you just can't throw the flag there. Uh, yes, it was a hold. No doubt about it. 100% the guy grabbed his jersey. But uh, at that stage of the game, and you know, if you're not calling it all game, you can't call it there. Uh, that's one you got to let go. And the way I looked at it was, the Chiefs were still going to score. They were going to kick a field goal. It would have been fourth down. They would have kicked the field goal. You would have had about a minute, half, maybe a minute 40, I forget, uh, left on the clock. And, uh, and that would have been a fun ending to the game. It would, the Eagles would have had a legit opportunity to drive. They would have had a little bit of time to get down there. You call that penalty, you give them first and goal. They run the clock down, uh, they get the points. And then Jalen hurts has one attempt. We'll talk about that in just a moment as well. Um, but I just, I looked at it and I said, you just can't call it. And I heard somebody, um, oh, I'm trying to remember who it was now. Uh, but they said, well, you know, well, what did they call? I think it was Ross Tucker. They said, uh, you know, if you jump off sides, are you not going to call that because of the time of the game? Well, no, you call off sides the entire game, call false start the whole game. You do not call the holds every single time in the game. And so there is some some leeway there. And, and it didn't affect the guy catching the football either. So I thought it was a bad, bad decision to make that call at that stage in the game. Um, again, yes, it was a penalty. It's not comparable to, to the week previously when Mahomes got hit late out of bounds. That's one you have to call every time. You're not going to call holding every time. They did call it, and ultimately it gave Philadelphia no chance uh, in their last possession there as well. What are your thoughts on that call at the end of the game?
1: Well, I agree. I mean, uh, you don't want the officials to decide the game, and that's a call that you do not have to make. And, um, yeah, I, I think for them to set the game up like that, um, you know, w- w- was unfortunate. And, uh, I think one of the biggest things with officiating in really in any sport is consistency. You know, are you going to call this during the game or are you not? And to all of a sudden change that or to have one official call something more than everybody else, uh, in any sport, that always gets confusing. So, um, I you know, I, I, again I'm sure they're gonna look at the officiating. There's been a lot of talk about the all-star crews compared to, you know, just having the best crew. And and that is a little bit of a hard question because I think you do want to um I think you do wanna um reward people who have done a good job, but I don't know if it makes for the best officiating. Um, I don't know the answers to this. I was thinking today, you know, every off season, do they switch the crews around? Is there a chance if a guy really excelled one year that he could be on a different crew, you know, next year? Um, You know, could it work like that um, at at some point? Um, But again, your crews that work together and have done a good job, And I don't know how many of those there really were this year. I heard talk. One thing that has changed, they said, with officiating is all the good officials. I think maybe it was Aaron Rodgers talking about this. All the good officials that, you know, have retired or have moved on to working on TV and not officiating. You know, three or four that he thought was the best aren't there anymore. And, you know, they haven't really been able to replace them at this point um, and there's, there's, probably truth to that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you got to have experience to get better. So you got to give some guys some time and TV's paying them a whole lot more there than they were getting paid to, to officiate, uh, which is a big deal as well. Um, yeah, I, the way I understand it is you don't necessarily switch crews every year. A spot might open up on a crew and you can request, or they can request you or whatever it may be from there. And a lot of these guys are trying to work to be white caps. So they become the head of Central as well. So they're working for that uh, as well. Yeah, I don't like, I, you got to find a way to reward these guys without splitting up the crews. Um, you know, but you also don't want a guy that's had a good year, but he's not a, a trashy crew, <laughs> you know? And they're like, well, you, know, you got to reward him somehow. So I don't know. It's just one of those deals um, that they got to continue to talk through and, and do better at. I suppose. Um, did you see? I've not seen it posted, but did you see the final, the final throw for Jalen Hurts? I uh, no. Okay, so it's a hail mary. They set up a hail mary, and he threw the ball, and it didn't make it anywhere close to any Eagles defenders. Fell way short. And I just had there thinking, man, what an anticlimactic way to end this game. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a shoulder injury that caused it or what. Um, you know, maybe the Eagles should have ran shorter stuff to try to set up some uh, laterals or whatever it may be. But I thought it was embarrassing uh, a way to end the game, but I've not seen it shown. So I guess maybe people didn't see it that way, uh, the same way I saw it, but it was a pretty pathetic throw uh, to end the game. But I think the Eagles will be back. Um, they've got a short window though, dad. And offensively, they've got a, you know, the windows wide open defensively though they got a lot of older guys on that defense and they're going to have to, you know, their windows short uh, and to keep that team and they lose two coordinators as soon as the Super Bowl is done too. So we'll talk about the coordinators in just a second, but um, both teams, Kansas city and Philadelphia, what, how, how much do you like their chances to return in the near future?
1: Well, I, I think Kansas city definitely has a chance to, I think Philadelphia should be good. Now, Philadelphia is in a division that was much better this year. So it'll be interesting to see how the other teams in their um, division do. And I, you know, I I would have to, I guess, go back and look a little bit at when you lose coordinators, you know, how how much difference that really can make in the NFL. Because being that they lost um, both of them there, of course, a lot of times, you know, people keep, um, they'll get coordinators, you know, that are already on staff to keep continuity. And depending, I don't know Philadelphia's free agent situation either, if they're gonna have much turnover there. But I would think Philadelphia, um, you know, definitely going into the season will be one of the top teams um you would look at there in the NFC. Definitely um I think with Kansas City, you know, the issue is you know, like said, Andy Reid is a great coach. And But you, you got Patrick Mahomes, so you can't count that out. There's no doubt about it. Um, you don't know how strong their division is going to be next year. It was not very strong this year. Some of the teams may be better, but um, Kansas City should be ready to go. They were able to replace players this year, so you would think they could next year also.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. If you add Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers to the AFC West, how much does that change the AOC West? Um, and you already for sure have Sean Payton in. The question now is, is what does uh, Vegas do at quarterback? And can the Chargers ever figure anything out? We'll see. Um, Eric is, uh his contract has expired. He's interviewing with the Washington Commanders. Supposedly, they want him um, to be their offensive coordinator. He would go call plays and everything there. Uh, Kansas City, they'll be fine without him. Matt Nagy's already been back. He uh, can step right into that role, and and Andy Reid, of course, is is important there as well. So um, overall, I think that's okay for Kansas City. But again, I think when you look at Kansas City, you've got to look at the AFC, and I think the Bengals will continue to be good. Buffalo will continue to be good. Um, you know, Herbert's there, but the Chargers haven't proven they can do anything. And I think you got to watch out for Denver next year too. I really think Sean Payton is going to be a huge addition out there. And expect some good things from there. Miami, if they can figure out the quarterback situation, they bring in Vic Fangio to be the defensive coordinator, so they they should be good again as well. So that's the biggest issue with with uh, Kansas City is who they're going to have to go up against every single year, <laughs> and yeah. and how long can they be the best in that conference? Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, you know, they're in an interesting spot too. Uh, The NFC is a little bit down right now as a whole. Uh, Their conference is better than it was the year before. But is it a super strong conference? I don't know that I go that far just yet either. Um, So they might have an easier path back to the Super Bowl. But like we said, they lose both, both their coordinators. Offensive coordinator goes to Indianapolis. Defensive coordinator goes to Arizona. Both of them taking head coaching positions. And Dad, you mentioned it last week. As soon as Super Bowl's done, we should have those coaching vacancies filled up, and sure enough, we did uh, there. Do you like the hires from Indianapolis and Arizona?
1: Um, yes, I mean I I don't know a lot about these guys of Philadelphia. Obviously, they've done well. Um, you know, Indianapolis. I think both teams interviewed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I think this was you know these were the people they wanted. It's been a a trend: younger guys, up and coming guys that were coordinators. And we'll know in three or four years has that worked? Um, You know, if it doesn't work, all of a sudden there's going to be changes, um, no doubt from that standpoint. Um, Indianapolis, you know, I, I think is a good place. Arizona, I heard a lot of people saying it was a job that, you know, a lot of people really didn't want. So I don't know Um, you know, hopefully the coordinator from Philadelphia, defensive coordinator, he's a guy that has strong leadership because it sounds like you really got to remake the locker room. You need to remake, you know, a lot of things there in Arizona. They've got an interesting situation with the quarterback, um, you know, Kyler Murray, obviously, and um, ownership's always been an interesting thing there in Arizona. Uh, as far as really being one of the top notch organizations, so um, um, again, you know, uh, you want to be a head coach, then um, you know you get an opportunity, you know, then you want to take it. Uh, I don't know how Arizona that may be a hard one to turn around. Um, you, you don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's a
0: great spot for a young coach. You got a quarterback, and and you got to be able to relate to him. Um, uh, and you might have to teach them how to prepare. You might have to teach them, hey, here's the here is the expectation for you this year. Uh, but you got talent in that in that team. You got a young defense, they spent a lot of draft capital on defensive players. You've got some really talented offensive players there as well, and you got a quarterback who can do something that not a whole lot of people can do. Uh his athleticism included in there. So I think it's a great spot and i think it's a relatively easy turnaround but you do have to figure out how to control kyler murray how to get him committed to the football aspect of his job which is his whole job um but i mean you look at that division seattle eh, you know not not that great um the rams I mean, what are they going to be and then and then you got san francisco who's I mean, we don't know, right? Trey Lance, what's he going to be? Um, you know, so what are, how's that going to all shake out? I like it. I think that the Arizona job is one that, um, to me, should have been on the top of a lot of people's list. Indianapolis, um, kind of similar. I mean, they're in a bad division. They're a quarterback away. Um, are they going to draft a guy? Are they going to sign a guy? They've got a decent defense. They've got a decent offense. They just need a quarterback. And, uh, so I think that was a pretty good landing spot too. Honestly, those were two jobs that I really liked coming into this offseason. And, uh, I don't know, I'm surprised people weren't happy about, or didn't, didn't look highly upon that Arizona job. Indianapolis though, Shane Steichen comes in, um, you know, he was able to work with Jalen Hurts. He was able to work with, uh, some really, really talented wide receivers, um, you know, he walks into the situation in Indianapolis that has really struggled to find a quarterback since Andrew Luck retired. Um, what, what do they do at quarterback in Indianapolis?
1: Um, I You know, I would think you know, they'll, they'll go the draft route, uh, at least for the future. Now, whether they'll bring someone else in uh, in the meanwhile, I don't know. But I think with the quarterback draft that you have this year, um, I, I would think definitely they'd be in the market for a quarterback and could be one that they would use as a starter this year. Um, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, well, we'll have to see, like I said, he's worked with young, you know, a young quarterback and, or, and that situation. So, um, I, I don't know. I don't know that they will get a veteran.
0: <laughs> I think that Derek Carr is a possibility there. Um, if they don't sign him, then I think the answer is is the draft. Uh, Derek Carr is an interesting one, right? He he comes in um, super talented. He really struggled this year in Vegas. Uh, I don't think he was the main issue, but nonetheless, he you know his record is what it is. Uh, but he has the ability, and he's a definitely an improvement over what they had last year, um, and in a number of places. New Orleans to me seems like where he's going to end up. He had those visits there before he ultimately turned down a trade. That doesn't mean he's not going to New Orleans. So I think there's a big possibility he goes there. New Orleans, New York Jets, and Indianapolis Colts are three places veteran quarterbacks should look at. Um, I think any one of those could be places where they could win pretty quick. New Orleans is in a bad division. Indianapolis is in a bad division. New York is not in a bad division, but they got some really, really talented young guys, both at running back and wide receiver. Um, So I'm interested to see where Derek Carr ends up, because outside of Aaron Rodgers, Carr seems to be the best option of veterans that are out there right now. Um, You know, and and depending on what Rodgers decides, which we will find out hopefully soon on that one, um, that could, you know, do you think teams should sign Derek Carr before they have an answer on Aaron Rodgers?
1: Um, I, you know, I, I don't know, probably not. I mean, if they, if they think they have a shot at Aaron Rodgers, and, um, you know, they may not again, you know, new Orleans may be the place where he would land and that would be a spot where they could go ahead and sign him. Um, I mean, if someone really wants him and thinks they're the answer, then he's the answer. I think they go, they will. But if they're looking at other options, then, um, you know, he may not sign right away. I mean, if
0: if Aaron Rodgers becomes available, Indianapolis would immediately become Super Bowl contender if they get Aaron Rodgers. New York would immediately become Super Bowl contender if they get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, New Orleans would immediately become a Super Bowl contender if they get Aaron Rodgers. At the end of the day, if, if you're not forced to go out and sign somebody, I don't see why you wouldn't wait uh, to see what Rodgers does, unless you just really don't want him. You don't want that headache. You don't want the drama. You don't want the whatever, the hippiness of of Rodgers. Then maybe you do. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is better than Derek Carr. So so if you're looking to improve your team and there's a chance you could get Aaron Rodgers, I think you have to wait. And I'm not sure that that domino is going to fall until Aaron Rodgers comes out and says what he's going to do. Um, Indianapolis is within reach of that first round, that number one overall pick. They're also within reach of that number two overall quarterback, right? So, I mean, they, they're in that spot where they could actually get a top tier rookie. New Orleans is further down. Uh, Carolina, to me, they're too far down to move up, but I guess they could as well. We haven't talked about them a whole lot. And then of course, um, uh, the jets as well, the possibilities there I put out on Twitter this, uh, this week a poll let me pull it up real quick the question was who will be taking the number one overall draft pick this year the options were chicago indianapolis houston and carolina uh who would you say dad out of those teams is the most likely to pick number one overall out of those teams i'd say houston okay so you think they could move up from number two yeah on pick uh, the, the poll voters selected the Indianapolis Colts, 35% of the votes to Indianapolis, 32% to Houston, 24% to Chicago, and only 9% to Carolina. I don't think there is any way in the world Chicago picks
1: number one this year. Um, am I crazy to think that? Well, again, you're talking about Chicago, so you never know what they're going to do. Um, you would think, you know, they could really add, uh, you know, with draft picks and their talent pool, the trading, this pick would make a lot of sense depending on what they get. Um, there, um, they could be a player. They really, you know, it depends how far they're going to go down. If they've got two or three players and they want one of those, they, you know, they don't want to drop down past three or four. Um, it just depends, you know, what they're, whether they want to, they're looking at getting a lot of talent or whether they've got their eye on one or two guys, um, you know, that they think will really turn things around.
0: Yeah. You know, Houston ideally would have to give up less considering it's only one spot. Um, they ideally would have to give up less to get up the number one. Um, but that also comes down to who else is bidding for it. Chicago is going to tell everybody, everybody wants it. Everybody's coming for it, right? I mean, you know, everybody's calling for it. Um, uh, Houston's going to have to play their game smart. And again, I think if I'm picking one and two, if I'm Houston, I don't want to give up a ton because I like two quarterbacks in this draft. Um, You know, so I, I don't know. If I'm Houston, I'm willing to move up, but I'm not going to give up a whole lot to move up. Houston, on the other hand, at four, if they're not going to go the veteran route, it makes sense to me if they get up there to number one. I don't think there's any way in the world. i if 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 I was a betting man, I'd put everything I own on on Chicago not drafting number one this year. I think there's too much uh, possibility for teams to move up and get those picks there at number one., uh, a name being thrown around a lot right now, Dads Lamar Jackson. Uh, he has not signed an extension. He could still get tagged in Baltimore. He could still sign an extension in Baltimore. Um, but that's a guy that could be on the move as well. So if you're a team looking for a quarterback and you hear names like Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, I mean, what do you think about Lamar? I know you like Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure how much of a future he has. It seems like the last couple of years, he's just not been Lamar Jackson. Now, maybe a change of scenery helps that. Um, maybe he goes wherever, you know, wherever Greg Roman goes. Um, but I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. Do you think he, he ends up in Baltimore long-term and do you think he has a long-term superstar career?
1: Um, again, you know, injuries have been the thing, but I, I think, yeah, I think he has potential to have a super superstar career. I think if you get him in the right place, um, maybe in the right system, Um, know, he's a guy with a lot of talent when you're looking about, you know, of course, you're talking Aaron Rodgers, very talented, but when you're looking at, you know, a team that could really make a difference quick, getting Lamar Jackson could definitely do that now, you know, is Baltimore going to be able to keep him? Um, you know, does he want to stay there? He's one of those guys that wants, you know, um, wants a Deshaun Watson contract. Um, you know, that, that that's kind of going to be an issue there. Um, but you know, he has the talent, um, you know, could he be in a situation where he could stay healthier with another team? Um, I don't know, but I, right. I, he might be one that, you know, could definitely make a move. Um, I think several quarterbacks like that, you know, we might be surprised as far as, uh, trades are moving around again, especially with being a good crop of young quarterbacks coming in.
0: But. Hasn't he been in the perfect system for him these last couple of years with Greg Roman?
1: Um, I mean, you would, you, you would think so. Um, but like said, you know, there was question about, well, could he win the big game, but then he's been hurt and they haven't really had the chance. I think he could be fine there in Baltimore. I just don't know if that's, they're going to be able to make that work. I don't know if he, you know, he wants to stay there. Um, you know, he, he could get some he could go somewhere where there'd be probably more wide receiver talent than what he had there. Of course, he's got a great tight end, yeah. um, fairly good running back, but um, you know, Dobbins have been hurt, so um, I don't know.
0: Well, um, they go out and hire a college offensive coordinator, which Lamar Jackson fits the college game perfectly. Georgia OC Todd Munkin comes in. Um, to take over the Baltimore defense, our offense, excuse me. I think that's a smart move. Um, I like the idea of bringing a college mind. Uh, of course, he's been around a long time. He has a lot of experience. Um, uh, but I'm I'm excited to see what it leads to here for Baltimore. And uh, I just, you seem like the the perfect system was in place for Lamar Jackson's talent, but it ran drift. And I've been saying for two years now, John Harbaugh, I think he needs to go. And I think they need a change at head coach in Baltimore, um, but that's I'm I'm kind of on an island on that one, uh, at least from people I've heard from. So, uh, so they go with an offense coordinator change. Todd Munkin comes in. Do you like that hire?
1: Um. You know, it's interesting, but if you're going to go to the college ranks, Georgia would be the place to go. Uh, No doubt about that. And like you said, with the whole idea of uh, uh, relating to players these days and that, bringing a college guy in, um, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting move for Harbaugh, and it should be good. We will see
0: if it's good or if it's bad. Who knows? We'll find out close enough. Dad, we're entering into a four days of darkness Aaron Rodgers going into his uh, psychedelic darkness retreat. Um, when he comes out, he thinks he'll have some clarity on what he's going to do. Uh, I tried uh, to go into darkness, and my boss said, "No, you got to go to work." So it didn't work <laughs> out for me. But um, I don't know. I we've talked about it before. I'm good with Aaron Rodgers moving on. I'm good with him trading him. Uh, I'm good with him retiring. I'm okay if he comes back, but I think I'm ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Do you think that when he comes out of this darkness retreat, it'll be within the week that he'll, he'll come out with what's going on?
1: Yes, I, I, I think so. I think once he comes back, um, you know, in a few days, of course, you know, he'll come back. He'll probably be on the, you know, Pat McAfee show again, whether he'll say then or the weekend, but yes, I, I, you know, Uh, Definitely be by the end of the month, but I think there'd be a chance he would come out and um, no, might depend on his decision. Um, You know, if if he decides to retire, I think, yes, he would come out right away and say that. Um, I think, you know, if he's ready to play, then it's just, you know, up with discussion with him and the Packers, you know, whether the Packers want to move on. I don't see him requesting a trade. Um, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't think that'll be where he'll want to go. Um, I think, you know, he said he'd be all right with it. He would understand if the Packers said, Hey, it's time to make a move. Um, I don't know, you know, again, he's an interesting guy. He, you know, he, he knows how to work media. He knows how to work things, you know, at the golf tournament that he won, you know, a lot of talk about, boy, the Raider fans really want me and, everything with that, and of course, you know, you got Devontae Adams there, Um but again, I, I think you have to have a spot that he's going to be comfortable with, with coaching and several things there, and I don't see that being the case with the Raiders at all. Of course, I don't like the coaching situation there. Um, doesn't seem like that would be a fit. I think he's happy at Green Bay with that. I think he, if he decides to play, I think he stays at Green Bay because I think he wants to to try to, you know, win another Super Bowl there. Now, I can agree with you as far as if he wants to move on or the Packers want to move on, I'm fine with that because I think Jordan Love, at some point, they're going to have to make, you know, the move with that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know that anybody knows at this point, and I think all the speculation about trades and he's going to go here and go there, I, that's just speculation at this point. Um, I would be a little surprised if he retires, but I think if that's a decision, then I think he would do it right away. Um, but we'll see. So here's the deal. First of all, Vegas,
0: all he has to do is call Tom Brady, say, Tom, tell me about Josh McDaniels. If Tom gives him the the thumbs up, then I think Vegas is where he goes. Uh, I think that New York jets, I think that's out of the picture. The team is too similar to green Bay and it's a tougher division. Uh, and so I don't see him going to the jets, the coaching it's young coaches. Um, the talent is young, just like green Bay. The jets don't make any sense. The team to watch out for is Indianapolis. Um, you know, Indianapolis, the team, he can go hang out with Pat McAfee all the time. Uh, they're in Indianapolis. They have a team that's ready to win and their division really stinks. And so there's potential there as well. So I think Vegas and Indianapolis are the teams you have to watch for and Green Bay of course as well. I I really don't think Rodgers is going to be a Packer next year. Now, I don't know if that means retirement or trade. I think Rodgers is done in Green Bay. I think he's come to the conclusion that if he's going to play it's going to be somewhere else. And to me, I just that's that's the feeling I get is that he's gone. He's he's either retiring or and honestly dad when the DeMar Hamlin thing happened uh for for the Buffalo Bills Demar Hamlin in Cincinnati, Rogers is one of those guys who always looks at hey, I want my body to be in good shape and I think that instance may have been the last straw for Rogers where he decided I cannot risk getting injured or dying on a football field um so I would not be surprised at all if he retires and moves on to whatever is next in his life as well. Uh, we'll see he's in darkness. Uh, we'll have something to talk about next week, either about the fact he has said nothing, or or the fact that he's had an announcement. Uh, we'll bring it to you next Wednesday. Uh, as the NFL season ends, the XFL season begins. It starts off this Saturday. Um, I'm not sure how much XFL I'm going to watch, Dad, uh, but I know you're pretty excited about XFL, USFL, spring football as well. And uh, I don't know, there's just not a ton of people in the league that I'm super super stoked about. There's a defensive player that was at EKU last year, Willie Taylor. So I'll try to keep up with him. Um but I know I won't watch it this Saturday. I've got basketball games on Saturday, so I know I won't watch it. But uh XFL starting up, what do you think about it?
1: Well I, I was looking a little bit today at the rosters and I hadn't paid that much attention. I'm some of the quarterbacks I'm interested in, you know, looking at I didn't realize you know AJ McCarron from Alabama uh, is in this uh, Paxton Lynch, Pax Lynch is in this, um, you know Hunley's in this. Several interesting ones. The quarterbacks seem like, uh, in many ways, are pretty solid. You know, I didn't realize Josh Gordon. You know they they've got some talented players, some people who have played in the NFL. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think having just eight teams, I think that's good. Um, playing the number of games that they are. Um, like I said, they've got coaches, you know, that are, are a little more recognizable than the USFL, and, uh, some that, you know, have some NFL experience and definitely, um, good college experience. So, um, I, I don't know how, how it will go. I was looking, um, uh, the rules. There's a couple little gimmick things, but as a whole, nothing that's too, too, too odd there. Um, so I don't know the idea of two forward passes. I didn't realize that, 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 that could be an interesting little, little gimmick You can have two forward passes as long as the first one is behind the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, uh, that, that, that there's a few little wrinkles there. It could be interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to follow it for a couple of weeks and see.
0: Everything in the XFL is approved by the NFL. So anything they do, any rules, things like that, it's really for the NFL to get a chance to see it. If it works, if they like it, those kinds of things as well. Um, so I'll tune in here and there, but I'm not, I'm not going to be dedicated to the XFL. Uh, I'll be diving in pretty deep to draft uh, prep and things like that here in the coming days, and uh, really starting to dive into um, you know top top three picks, top four picks, top five picks, things like that coming up very shortly. Of course, as well as Fantasy Baseball Dad, we are in Fantasy Baseball season, and the Sports Stove has you covered in that. Every Sunday live at 8 p.m. on the Sports Stove YouTube and on Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook page is the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by Belly Up Fantasy Sports and Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, we had our first episode the week before Super Bowl. Second episode coming up this week, uh, we're going to be uh, ranking... First and third base uh, for Fantasy Baseball. Uh, Kevin Wilson will join me for Belly Up Fantasy Sports. And Dan D'Amico, our Fantasy Baseball League champion from last year. He's also the head of the Belly Up uh, Baseball Department. Uh, He'll join the show as well to talk about free agents and uh, player movement throughout this offseason. So tune in Sunday night for that. If you missed the live show, you can always catch it uh, in the podcast version uh, through the Sports Stove Podcast wherever you listen. To podcast.
1: Yes. yes, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I would encourage encourage people to um, you know check that out. I listened to the first one again. You know, you did a, you and Kevin did a great job there, and a lot of information. I enjoy fantasy baseball, and so you know, I I, I feel like you're giving the information that's needed. Um, as far as being able to make decisions and of course, you know, it, it'll help me know what direction you guys are going since I'm in the same league there a little bit also, but uh, with I, now I thought you gave her very good information and um, I'm really looking forward to checking that out every week.
0: Well, thanks dad. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard because I am giving out all this information, my rankings, things like that. And I've got you in the league, Kevin's in the league. Of course, Kevin's given his information too. I got guys in belly up that are in that league. I've got guys in in the league that you and I have been in for several years as well that tune in. So, it, I'm, it puts me at a disadvantage in many ways, but uh, it's still fun, and uh, we try to give you all the information there. So, uh, make sure you tune in to that, uh, Dad. Any other football topics before we move on?
1: Um, no, I don't. I you know I I, I don't think so. To be interesting to see coming up, you know. Again, you know, with the draft and just where things, uh, end up getting a lot of movement in the NFL with coordinators, so I'm anxious to kind of get a look at that and see where everybody, to me, it's more movement than usual. Maybe not, but boy, it sure seems like a lot of the coordinators have moved around. Uh, there's a
0: new number one in college basketball, maybe not for long. Uh, but Alabama sits at number one in the rankings as we are doing this show. They're currently down seven with 11 minutes to go in the game against Tennessee. Um, so, uh, they may not be number one very long, but they are number one. Shout out to Nate Oates, head basketball coach at Alabama. His dad was a professor of mine in college. Um, he, the university refuses to let him come on my show. So I'm not a big fan of that, but, uh, uh, we are, I I am cheering for Nate, not for Alabama, uh, but for Nate and, uh, and it's fun to see him do well. They're, they're within four now, um, college basketball so far this season, and we're almost done with it, dad. I I was interviewing, um, Eastern Kentucky players this week and I'm like, my goodness, we got four games left and then we're into conference tournament time. So. We're we're right on this, this home stretch of college basketball, and the rankings have been Purdue, uh, you know, seen them. There's, uh, Houston's been up there, and Alabama currently sits there. So with March Madness right around the corner, what's exciting you about college basketball?
1: Well, I think this is going to be a great tournament because, um, as I've said, kind of all season, I think, you know, um, I, I don't think there's no, teams going into this we've had several number ones you know they've gotten beat um there'll be there'll be a top four seeds but I don't believe it's going to be teams that you're going to say well well you know you know these teams are going to run the table there's been a lot of uh, a, a lot of back and forth. I think this will be a very wide open tournament. It'll be very exciting to pick brackets because I, it's just not going to be a lot of solid. A lot of times you can say, well, I'm pretty safe. in you know, some of these for a while. Um, I think it's going to be really wide open. I think the conference tournaments will be very exciting and um, it should be wide open to see who's going to get in the tournament. You know, there right. have been some surprise teams i follow the big 10 a little bit northwestern has beat just about everybody down the line in here so you know uh be interesting a lot of teams that oh uh, um i think it'll be a great tournament no doubt about it
0: who wins i know we don't have the brackets or anything yet but who who wins
1: <laughs> Wide open, um, you know. Uh, UCLA may win. You never know. They've 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 done well. They've got a lot of history. Um, you know, I like Purdue, so we'll see. Uh,
0: I'm gonna say Virginia wins. That's what I'm gonna say right now. That's without seeing the brackets. I might change my mind once I see the brackets. But uh, I'd go I'd go in on Virginia right now, or Arizona possibly, but Virginia is where I'd go in on right now. But we'll continue talking about that as March Madness approaches, conference tournaments, all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, Like I said, pitchers and catchers showing up for baseball. It's almost time for baseball season. Spring training games start uh, on the 24th, I think it is, of this month. So about 10 days away or so uh, from there as well. All right. Uh, Don't forget to visit Righteous Felon Jerky, righteousfelon.com. I tell you, I really enjoy this. Baby Blue is my favorite. Uh so far, uh, but I'm gonna be trying this habanero Escobar tomorrow uh and looking forward to, to tasting that. Uh but righteousfellon.com use the code belly up for 25% off. Don't forget we've got the local hour that's gonna drop Friday morning. We've got EKU uh men's basketball player, EKU women's basketball player, EKU baseball player, and we're gonna have breaking news on the podcast Friday morning as well. Uh EKU football news. Uh, there, so you can tune into that Friday morning and then Sunday live at eight o'clock, and then again available in the podcast version as well. Fantasy baseball show presented by uh, bellyupfantasysports.com. All right, Dad. Uh, anything else? Any closing remarks?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. Again, like you said, it's you know, football's over, but or the NFL's over, but it's you know, a busy time of year, and it really is exciting with college basketball. And uh, with baseball, because like you said, fantasy baseball is coming up. So there's <clears throat> always a lot of work to do getting ready for that.
0: Yeah, and we'll start getting into a lot of baseball talk here in the next episode or two. Uh, Jacob deGrom injured again. Uh, Montas going to have surgery, maybe out for the year. A free agent signing for the Yankees. So lots of baseball news, but we'll start that talk here pretty shortly. Uh, as well follow us on social media at sports stove on twitter and instagram and uh, make sure wherever you listen to us uh, go ahead and hit those five stars give us a good review uh we would surely appreciate it as well thank you so much for tuning into today's edition of the sports stove podcast until next time we'll see you uh through the darkness around the sports Stove.